1946 or 1953 or even in 1965, if you had gone to see a production of one of Shakespeare's plays in Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane or Perth, you would have heard it spoken something like this. In 1971, Catherine Brisbane, playwright and theatre critic, wrote in her column in the Australian newspaper, There are plenty things wrong with this country, and we take a masochistic delight in inviting distinguished foreigners and expatriate countrymen to expound them. We have always felt that outsiders know best, because our standards have come from outside. For so long we have conformed first to British and then to American standards that it is from their distance that we call ourselves wrong. But there is much left, thank heaven, in Australia that is neither British nor American. Let us call it not wrong, just different. Hello and welcome to Let Him Roar Again, the podcast dedicated to encouraging a revitalisation of Shakespeare for the Australian context. I'm your host, Amy Perry. Around the time of Catherine Brisbane's article, Australian theatre was experiencing a rapid period of change and renewal. In 1968, the Australian Council for the Arts was established, and two years later, in December 1970, two new theatre companies were established within a week of one another. They were the Nimrod Theatre in Sydney and the Pram Factory in Carlton, Melbourne. These companies were primarily concerned with the production of new Australian plays, which aimed to put Australian stories and voices on the stage for Australian audiences to experience. This movement was subsequently labelled the New Wave. Shakespeare was an integral part of this mix. To keep the lights on, New Wave Australian plays needed to be cheap to stage with small casts and simple sets, and they needed productions of the classics, including Shakespeare, to subsidise them. That said, these companies wanted to find new ways to engage with the works of Shakespeare that were consistent with their new wave mission to discover and cultivate the Australian voice. One approach was to stage excerpts of Shakespeare's plays, taking sections of many plays and weaving them together with a distinctly Australian thread. The first example of this was Nimrod's 1971 Christmas pantomime, directed by Arnie Nimi, which captured perfectly Nimrod's early 1970s larrikin attitude to Shakespeare. I'm quoting Adrian Keenander here. Nimrod also staged productions of full-length Shakespeare plays. An important production of this period was John Bell's production of Much Ado About Nothing in 1975, which was notable for its use of mock Italian accents instead of the faux British accents usually used. Although somewhat criticised at the time, for mangling Shakespeare's English, this show set a marker for the use of Australian accents in future productions. By the late 1970s, John Bell's style had progressed somewhat, and carnival-influenced productions, similar to Nimi's Christmas pantomime of 1971, took over as the beacon of Australian interpretation of Shakespeare's plays. These carnival productions expressed what could be termed as Australia's irreverent voice, the voice of the prankster ready to laugh at himself and to take the mickey out of all those around him. The voice that reinforces tall poppy syndrome and doesn't take itself too seriously. These types of productions stood in stark contrast to the background of the new Australian writing of the same time, 
which served to hold up a mirror to Australian society of the time, often exposing a propensity of darkness. I'm thinking of plays like Alex Buzo's Norman Ahmed here, for example. Flash forward to 2019. I'm in Swansea in Wales for the British Shakespeare Association's annual conference. There to present on Shakespeare and Australian identity. I'm sitting in a lecture hall at the university, listening to a Joa and Doe talk about her production at the Globe of Richard II, which featured a cast entirely made up of women of colour. I wanted to have more of these discussions in Australia, and accessible spaces to do so, opening Shakespeare's work up for our current context. We'd had the excitement and nerves that came with the introduction of Australian accents and larrikin productions of Shakespeare during the new wave. More recently, while individual companies and productions continued to explore Shakespeare in new ways and with an Australian voice, I felt that this was not finding its way into day-to-day discourse and general understanding of Shakespeare as well as it might. We needed to let Shakespeare roar again. My reaction to Ando's presentation was reinforced recently when I watched the Q&A episode with John Bell, Nakia Louie, Paul McDermott, Bree Lee and Tim Dean. The question that seemed to underpin that episode, for me at any rate, was does Shakespeare still have a place in the Australian theatrical landscape and educational curriculum? I think he does. Not at the expense of new work, and particularly Indigenous writing, but I think there is still a place for Shakespeare. The question then is, if Shakespeare is occupying part of this landscape, how do we make that worthwhile? What relevance does Shakespeare have for our current day Australian context? How do we engage with Shakespeare in a way that's vital and compelling? How do we let him roar again? This blog and podcast will be about engaging with these questions through many lenses. Some will be thoughts and musings from different theatre practitioners and academics, giving them a chance to address this question using their individual expertise, mainly through interview. Some of it will be recording practical exercises that can be used by students and teachers or actors and directors to invigorate and revitalise their engagement with Shakespeare and his works. My hope is that the sharing of ideas and perspectives will challenge and inspire you to engage with Shakespeare's work in new ways. The first blog post will be an attempt to answer, why Shakespeare? This is something I'll keep asking my guests as well. I'd love for you to have a read and let me know your thoughts too. So stay up to date by visiting lethimroaragain.com, following on social media or subscribing to the podcast via email. Discussion is an important part of this for me, so I'd love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter at Let Him Roar Again. You've been listening to Let Him Roar Again, a podcast recorded by Amy Perry amid the tall blue gums of Darug country. Performance of Bottom's Lines from A Midsummer Night's Dream by the phenomenal Simon Ward.